There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Once again, we'd like to thank you for tuning into the podcast. We'd like to welcome those listening out of the country. We've had several folks the last couple of weeks who've joined us from faraway places such as Canada, Brussels, Belgium, Seoul, Korea, even Australia. And so I'd like to welcome those who listen. I pray this is edifying. I pray this is a help and a blessing to you as we uh, look at the Messianic Psalms, the Psalms not only of David and of Asaph, the songs for the sons of Korah, Psalms we don't know who wrote them. But so many times in these Psalms, we see them pointing to one person. That's the man Christ Jesus and how we thank the Lord for him. Thank the Lord for the Psalms that point to him. If we didn't have the Old Testament, we wouldn't know him. But we know him by faith. We see him in the old. We see the blood in the old. We see the sacrifice in the old. Uh, we see the testament of the old. We see the offering of the old. But now we have that surety of a better testament in the person of Jesus Christ. Would you pray for the McVeighs this weekend? We'll be heading out on Saturday, heading down to Oxford, North Carolina. And again, then the following Sunday, we'll be down in Lexington, South Carolina, and uh, picking up a few weekends here and there. We thank the Lord for that. We'll start back on the road first of the year. And uh, thankful for the time off we've had, the time to rest and recover and get some things done that we needed to do. Now we praise the Lord for that. We're back in Psalm 116 again today. And in Psalm 116, we'll begin in verse 8. And the Word of God says this, For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. So now we've looked at this psalm. We've looked at it in detail. We've kind of taken a long pause on this psalm. Uh, we've looked at the words of this psalm, and we've looked back at other psalms that we've already covered. Uh, we've looked at psalms about Jesus Christ and prophesying of Jesus Christ because this psalm parallels them so greatly. And again, one of those great psalms is Psalm 18. We see a very uh, clear parallel with Psalm 18. But now I want to look at the tears of Jesus Christ. I know we've talked about this before on this very podcast, uh, but in Psalm 39, he talks about his tears, and we'll start there in verse 12. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear unto my cry. And again, we're speaking of Jesus Christ. We're speaking messianic here, but he said this, hold not thy peace at my tears. For I am a stranger with thee and a sojourner, as all my fathers were. We see then in the Psalm 42 and verse 3, the word of God tells us, My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? Now we know that he watered his couch with his tears. We understand that according to the Psalms. We know that he was a man of sorrows. We know that he was acquainted with grief. We continue in verse 4, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God, 
with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude of that kept holy day, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And again, we see a great Messianic psalm in Psalm 42, but he talks about the tears of Jesus Christ, that man of sorrows, that man that weeps, that man that wept on our behalf. And then we see in Psalm 56, and this is one of those little sticking points with me. Uh, the Lord let me see this a couple of years ago, and I like to share this. I like to preach this wherever I go. But in verse 7, shall they escape by iniquity and thine anger cast down the people, O God? And then he said this, and this linguistics we've used here, we talked about several months ago in the podcast, but thou tellest my wanderings, and there's a colon there. Put thou my tears into thy bottle, a colon, are they not in thy book? So those two colons separate a statement within that sentence. The sentence really would read like this, thou tellest my wanderings, are they not in thy book? Now that, of course, is Jesus Christ. The volume of the book, it is written of him. But right in the midst of that sentence, there's a complete other sentence that's put. It says, put thou my tears into thy bottle. That's the tears of Jesus Christ, that man of sorrows, that man of weeping, that man of tears. And then we see that in Hebrews chapter 5 in the New Testament, when the Word of God, speaking of Jesus Christ, tells us this. In verse 5, so also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So in verse 7, speaks of Jesus Christ, called a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, who's that? Jesus Christ, who's made flesh. When he had offered up prayers and supplications, we talked about that earlier in this psalm, Psalm 116, the prayers, the supplications, and then it says, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. So it's interesting, the prayers, the supplications, the strong crying and the tears were to him. Glory to God to know that he wept for us as he cried out to the Father and called out to the Father. He wept for you. He wept for me. He put those tears in his bottle. He stored the tears of his son Jesus Christ. And then we see on in verse 8, after he cries, he says, Thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, but then he also delivered him on this, my feet from falling. Psalm 56 and verse 13 speaks of that, and that's the first reference I'd like to use with the Lord's help on this. But in verse 13, for thou hast delivered my soul from death, wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling? that I may walk before God in the light of the living. And so it's interesting there, a very uh, messianic psalm, a parallel to this, but he's speaking in the future tense. Whereas we look in Psalm 116, he's speaking to the past tense. Why is that? He's the eternal God. This is Jesus Christ, the righteous. We see that in Job chapter 33. Now, Job talks about this place, and it's interesting how Job mentions this in Job 33 and verse 28. He will deliver his soul from going into the pit, and his life shall see the light. 
That's the light of the living. Why? This man has not gone down to the pit. His soul has been delivered. He said, lo, all these things worketh God oftentimes with man to bring back his soul from the pit to be enlightened with the light of the living. Jesus Christ said, I will walk again in the land of the living. He also said, I will walk in the light of the living. And so we see the light of the living. We see the light, of course, we know is Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. But the light of the living is the fact that he's not in the pit. He's not separated from God. He is not dead. And that's what Job is speaking of. It's referenced again in Psalm chapter 30, after we've looked at that passage, and verse 3, O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave, thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. So again, line upon line, we continue to see the mention of this in Psalm 88 and verse 4. Again, this is mentioned, I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength, free among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, whom thou rememberest no more, and they are cut off from thy hand. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the deeps. Then he said, thy wrath lieth hard upon me, and thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves. Now it's interesting because Psalm 18 speaks of that, the sorrows of death compassing him about, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid, the sorrows of hell compassed me about, the snares of death prevented me. And we see this is in the pit. We see this in a place where his feet are falling. It's a place where he does not touch the bottom. It's a place where he has no relief and he has no help. We see that in Psalm 143, and I was a little bit hesitant to use this, but I figured, well, it's there, it's why not? And I'm sure there was some fine fault with this, but in Psalm 143 and verse seven, hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth me, Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. And then he says, cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. So David, as he prays, David, as he is crying out to God, he requests that his soul go not down to the pit. Now, you and I don't have to pray that way. And the reason we don't have to pray that way is because of the reference that we'll look at in just a little bit in correlation with this. But the, the Word of God has told us you and I don't have to pray this way because we have the same spirit of faith. Where is that found? I will walk before the Lord, verse 9, in the land of the living. And so we know that we will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Isaiah 14 and verse 15 the word of God says this, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So Isaiah gives us some understanding of these things. But he said, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Job 28 and verse 13. He says, man knoweth not the price thereof, neither is it found in the land of the living. What is he speaking of? The wisdom? The understanding, he said, neither shall it be found in the land of the living. Now, we read this passage already, but Psalm 30, or Job 33 and verse 30, to bring back his soul from the pit to be enlightened with the light of the living. Psalm 27 and verse 13, again, another reference concerning this. 
In Psalm 27 and verse 13, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He had seen the goodness. That's why men ought to praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Glory to God. Bless his holy name. Psalm 52 and verse 5. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place and root thee out of the land of the living. Selah. Psalm 56 and verse 13. For thus hast thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of the living? Psalm 142, and I know we've touched on a couple of these, but we're going to go ahead and read that again. Psalm 142 and verse 5, in the word of God says, I cried unto thee, O Lord, I said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Now, Isaiah 53 and verse 8 is our last passage concerning uh, these verses we speak of here. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. So I'll just put this on hold for just a moment, and I'm going to act like I'm standing in a pulpit somewhere preaching to live people that are looking at me like I'm crazy. But the reality here is he's speaking of the soul of Jesus Christ. And in speaking of the soul of Jesus Christ, he's speaking of the pit. He's speaking of a pit where the feet are falling. There's no bottom to it. There's no end to it. He's speaking of that place. Why? Because Jesus Christ has been cut off from the land of the living. He has been cut off from the light of the living. He has been cast into the pit. He has been offered for sin. His soul has been made an offering for sin. He cannot see the light. He cannot see the living. He's damned. He's judged. And it's there that we see the sorrows of death have compassed him about. The floods of ungodly men made him afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed him about. It's there in the pit that we see our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's there with prayer and supplications. He prays to the Father for deliverance. It's there in the pit with strong crying and with tears that he makes his petition made known unto God. He cries out to God, and as we've said many times in this podcast, that relationship between the Father and the Son is renewed. He hears him, deep calleth unto deep, and when that deep calleth unto deep, God delivers him. God brings him out of the pit. God takes him into paradise. He said to the thief on the cross, this day shalt thou be with me in paradise. He's in that large place. He's there with the captives. He's there with the prisoners. He preaches to them, and he preaches himself to them. And then after three days and three nights, he is resurrected that you and I might be saved by his life. And then again, by faith, he's come out of the pit. By faith, he's come out of hell. By faith, he's been delivered, and he walks again in the land of the living. That's the word of God. And we can't deny that. We can't act like those verses aren't there. We can't uh, pretend like those verses aren't there. But then he tells us, and it's interesting because he tells us on this wise, in verse 13 of 2 Corinthians 4, we, having the same spirit of faith, I believed. Now, what does he believe? Of course, as it is written. So we do this by the word of God. We believe by the word of God. The same hell that could not hold Jesus Christ cannot hold us. 
The same death that could not hold Jesus Christ cannot hold us. As we cry to the Father in our affliction, we cry with tears and supplications and with prayers. He also heareth us, why? Having the same spirit of faith. It's the spirit of faith whereby we've been spiritually resurrected. It's the same spirit of faith. You who were dead in trespasses and sins hath he quickened. It's the same spirit of faith that brought us out of our dead estate, brought us into the land of the living. He renews us in the Holy Ghost, who are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? By the same spirit of faith. He said, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. And then the apostle Paul says this, we also believe and therefore speak. Why do we preach these things? Why do we tell this testimony? Why do we speak of these things? Why don't we gloss over these? These are controversial. Why do we talk about these? Because verse 14 says, knowing that he, that's knowledge, by the way, that's an absolute, knowing. There's no uncertainty. There's no hesitation. There's no doubt. There's no question. Once there been a light, and I cannot turn away from truth, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. That's the same spirit of faith. The same faith that resurrected Jesus Christ is the same faith that is going to take us through. The same faith that resurrected him is the same faith that's going to resurrect us. The same faith that brought us out of the pit, him out of the pit is going to keep us from the pit. And my friend, I don't have to sit here and wonder. I don't have to worry and question whether or not I'm saved. I can have the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. We have in the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believe, therefore, have I spoken. That's why this psalm is so important. The question we have today for you, the listener, do you have that same spirit of faith? Do you speak of the resurrection because you believe? Do you speak of the resurrected Savior because you believe? Have you been buried with Christ? Have you resurrected with Christ? Have you been crucified with Christ? Do you live in Christ? Do you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us? Is that the faith? He said, we have in the same spirit of faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Dear departed preacher friend of ours many years ago used to make this statement and some would scoff and laugh, but he said, I could swing out over hell on a little piece of dental floss. And I don't have to worry about the dental floss breaking because it's impossible for me to go to hell. Why is it impossible? Because Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. He himself descended into the very pit of the damned. He ascended into the flames and the torment of hell, offered his soul for our sins, and then was resurrected. And my friend, you also don't have to go to hell because of Jesus Christ. He's taken your judgment. He's taken your damnation. He's taken your sin upon his body, and he's nailed them to the cross. And then he offered his soul for sin. After three days and three nights, Jesus Christ resurrected according to the scripture that you and I might have life in Christ. That's why we preach the Messianic Psalms. That's the importance of dissecting this psalm. Tomorrow, Lord willing, we're going to talk about I believed, and then I was greatly afflicted. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God 
You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.